In the tiller handle, coming in at five foot two, a <laughs> hundred and six pounds. That's right. That's He's right. He's got Will. a mean right hook and a wussy hook set. <laughs> He's dogfish. Dan Ryan. You always underestimate me, dude, and that's what. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. That's you're five feet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is Walleye Talk. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm Will Newark. Uh, surprise, we're back. We uh, made it to another episode. Mama did not have a baby. Mama didn't have a baby. Everything's good, though, right? Everything's great. Baby was actually too good, Way to, too good. to come out. Had the hiccups. Doc said no. Yep. We're keeping this bad boy in here. Pretty much just knew that uh, like life was going to get a lot harder with you as a pa. What do you once. mean? Right now, Mom is doing everything as soon as you uh, get involved. Yeah, that's true. Things are going to be a little bit more challenging. A little more chaotic. Yeah. Um, Dan, tell the, tell the fine folks what we're doing. We are uh, out fishing on Lake Inguidona. We're doing an on-the-water episode. And what's the plan here? We're, we're going to just be out here for like four hours, and we're going to record the whole thing. And uh, we'll do like a traditional episode right up front. Um, and then we're going to just keep rolling. And then uh, say Mr. Willie Naylor is in the hospital and then taking care of a baby for a while, we've got some material for the next few episodes. So um, we'll cover. Doesn't sound too bad. No, it's going to be real formal, as it always is. Of course. At the beginning, and then we're going to get real ranty at the end. Which is a good thing as well. So this beginning part of the episode is going to consist of uh, the news of Woman Lake. Um, we'll do a week in, in oh, review, of course. Certainly. Uh, the difference between a good mark and a bad mark. Yeah, just some electronics talk. Uh, and then we're going to, just because we're maybe a hair early on it, we're going to find out today, really, uh, on the big minnow stuff. But uh, before we record again, I think it'll be a big part of what I'm doing. So um, we'll talk big minnows. Week in... We got the Sawguy series. Oh, the Sawguy series. And then a week in preview. And then we're going to start the other one. Yeah, and we'll just keep talking fishing. Let's uh, let's uh, talk. Uh, Will just jigged and his jig was like two inches under the water. Shut up. I was watching you. <laughs> and then we'll talk. Let's hear from Protodoc. Having fun in the sun on the lake all day long. Porta-doc.com. Porta-doc.com. Find your local Portadoc dealer today. Porta-doc.com. What are we talking about? I forget the list as soon uh, as... We need to talk about t-shirts. Oh, yeah, we still have... We got a whole new order of t-shirts. They're a nice light gray. Um, you can get them at the Woman Lake Lodge. You can get them from Will, or you can get them from me. And once again, I'm willing to ship them. So if you are That's away awesome. from Longville... Um, Ooh, was that, did that one have teeth? Yeah. Oh, I'm casting off the wrong side of the boat. Holy smokes, the creek job just went rogue. I don't have... A, we do have... We have kid sizes. I did get my kid a... Uh, uh, a real nice one. Did you see my my kids? Uh -uh. My my kids got a walleye talk shirt. Nice. Yeah. Uh, just so you know, Alyssa now has a walleye talk t-shirt. Oh, thank goodness. Yep. Thank so does goodness. Anthony and the rest of the crew. So, thank you guys for purchasing a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, how's your week been? You know what? It was a good week. You know, we went we went and just smashed on crappies. We only kept a handful for them to eat, and 
I'm not kidding you, Dan. We caught 100 crappies. Oh, my gosh. Yesterday. Uh, that was yesterday? Yeah, just yesterday, four <laughs> hours. Um, I'm not, I oh, wish. Oh, because you had Alyssa with. Yeah. I see. I, I wish I was exaggerating, but we honestly caught 100 crappies. <laughs> uh, caught a couple walleyes, a lot of bass. It was it was really terrific. Nice. It really was. What so, a beautiful day to be out there too. It, it was um, really enjoyable. Started out maybe a little. No, it wasn't. It was just great. Um, spot number one didn't go so well, and they started giving me a hard time. So I was like, you know what, guys? <laughs> Playtime's over. Didn't catch that. Yeah. Fish on. Um. Better fish. No. Little walleye. Little walleye. Oh, oh. big crappie! <laughs> Holy! Stop, stop. Not a bad one to start with. I honestly, the way that mouth was wide open. Yeah, yeah. That's a walleye. Yeah, and I thought it looked a little goldy. But it, no, it was it just a big crappie. And it ate a night crawler. What a dummy. Yeah, we only catch the dumb ones. That's true. There's a lot of dumb ones. <laughs> uh, Dan, how was your week? Uh, I was good. If you remember, I was up on Lake Vermilion for my buddy Matt's uh, bachelor party. And we rented a houseboat and then dragged a couple warriors with. And that that's was quite, a crappie. that's a crappie. That was quite the sight to have two 2090s. Uh, well, we tied them up at, at the night, you know, during the night. But I think what was more, like, what was cooler to see is that we were, it was like we were in a fleet, right? Because Lee and I, we drove them out to the campsites <clears throat> and we were just circling the houseboat, right? So you got two 2090s, like, <laughs> doing laps around the houseboat and then one of us would go on a little scouting mission to check out either a fishing spot or a, um, or a, a campsite and uh, and then we'd like come back and check in on, a, on the battleship you know <laughs> got a couple of cruisers and then you just then landed us on a big pot of crappies here there's another nice crappie um, they are oh, all these are pretty nice fish one's a little on the small side but It'll do in a pinch. So fishing up there, we were on the southeast side, which from what I've heard is not like the, the side to be on necessarily. Um, but we ended up, we found one, one good school fish that was enough to keep us entertained for the whole time. Man, we looked at a lot of water though. That <laughs> didn't So what did you find? It. So I've never been up there. Uh, tell me what you were looking at. We were looking at like a lot of irregular weed edges, or not weed edges, rock, rock stuff. And like, there's a million, oh, a <laughs> million islands, right? Yep. And every island seemed to have like a scour hole along the side of it. So just a, some deep water. Yeah, and like the basin out there is not super deep. Like it, the basin on the part of the lake we were on was like 17 to 20 feet of water, I'd say on average. But then you'd get these little scour holes right around the islands that were like 30, maybe. Really? Yeah, and like lots of them had that. And I can't figure out like... Would they relate to those? Um, all, the only sort of pattern I found is that they were relating to, oh, that was a nice one. um, to transitions, to, to, they were rock laying in, mud? yeah, they were laying in mud just outside of the rock, and then, um, I assume sometimes they slide up on the rock, but that's about the only thing I kind of figured out. Hmm. But beautiful lake, God, nerve-wracking boat riding for the first time, you know, just making <laughs> sure you're paying attention. Um, was it marked pretty well? It was marked extremely well, yep. And it was, at least with the, the most recent Lake Master chip, it was uh, pretty accurate. Uh, Lee did, he's got an older chip, and he complained a little bit about it being off. In fact, a couple of the rock humps that we found fish on, he 
they weren't on his map at all. Really? So, yeah, super fun. I would definitely, just a real enjoyable, easy way to have a bunch of fun. The, uh, yeah, good time. Um, and then got home, did a couple trips on Woman Lake, and uh, crappies are going great out there. Um, caught a couple walleyes for both trips. Um, no complaints, man. Like, this is the time of year where last year we were a little complainy. Right, like, well, we, were, we went from catching a bunch, a bunch of walleyes to not all that many walleyes. Yeah, I guess that's maybe part of it. But I also just think we're... Well, you can make you can make a fun trip out of just about every day right now. Oh, for sure. So For sure you can. But remember, we didn't really have a bad day of walleye fishing last year until, until about, you know, a week ago. Yeah, yeah. No, the 4th was terrible. Oh, what are that's you true. About? It was the end of July. Yeah. Or the end of June. End of June. So but, if we get in August, like, two years ago, remember two years ago? Canada do, was on fire. Canada was on fire. Um, we're going to have a nice, a real nice season. Right. So. They're going to be moving to clam beds here anytime, so. Yeah. That's, that's the one that's, thing that's kind of cut out of, like, my walleye scene right now is the, you know, is the walleyes that you can rig, you know, and rig pretty successfully. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would agree. And then there are some lakes and some spots, like, a, a really, really fishy part of, of woman right now still has quite a few predators using it. Pike, and I'm sure yep. there's some pike mixed in too, but I'm sure there are walleyes, and it is just so choked with perch that you can't get anything in there besides a jig wrap that a walleye might... that To be clean anyway? Yeah, and like maybe that'll change when the big minnow bite starts, but there's also just enough rock bass mixed in that like you're going to have to go with a pretty big minnow right. to try to keep them healthy. And traditionally, Woman Lake, you don't want to use a giant, giant right, minnow. Right, you're not dealing with a lot of, a, a lot of big fish, you know? So... Oh, oh, you had one. There, I got there it. you go. <laughs> That's a gator. Pike. Gator. Son of a gun. Boy, in this tea-stained water, I don't know why everything's looking walleye -y. I'm used to that crystal clear water we've been fishing. Right. That one's been ah. slashed. Ooh. Look at that. I, I want you to myth bust something for me. Okay. Well, I think we're going to agree. When you see a gash on a fish, how often is it a prop hitting the fish. Never. <laughs> that would be my my prediction as well. I don't think well. they'd survive a prop hit very often. No, and like, what are they doing where they can get hit by a prop? Right. They I, have, you know, not just instincts, but they have, you know, like, eyesight and uh, a lateral line to know, like, hey, I right. should move out the way. And once again, this is one of those things like the, uh, whether or not walleyes, how often walleyes bite you off, we'll never know. But I think most of them are from other animals. I would I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. So that uh, yeah, do we have anything else to cover in week in? Um, nope. I think that's about it. Okay. Uh, next thing on the list, let me grab this. This is pretty fun to like try to multitask. I hope this isn't going to be a terrible one to listen to. We are catching a bunch though. I don't want to like stop fishing hard. I'm not going to stop. You can't stop me. Um, Woman Lake News. Um, I just found out about this the other day, but you've known about it for a couple days, I think. Yeah, I just got an email from a guy who lives on the lake. He's a retired fisheries guy from 
Illinois, and uh, they found an adult zeb on Woman Lake. So we can all go, ah, and then uh, just all we can really do is keep, you know, your do your due diligence when you're when you're lake hopping. Make sure you're cleaning your boat and stuff. In my opinion, the so it was found on the west side of Woman by the Boy River Channel. Okay. One adult was found there. They did a dive survey of the access, and they did a dive survey of the area where they found it, and they did not find any. Just weird to me. Yep. Um, Are you saying conspiracy theory, <laughs> Dan? I think it's the Ruskies, dude. They're dropping zebes into all our lakes. <laughs> um, so even if this... So I, I, I guess I don't know the full story either, like you were telling. Um, but let's say, okay, they are established enough where there's a few, there's villagers in the water, there's a few adults around. Um, what's it going to do to the ecosystem? I mean, we've, <clears throat> my understanding of zebes is that they're just giant filters, right? So they're, over time, they're gonna eat up a bunch of the potential energy uh, for the lake, they'll clear up the water, they'll make it slightly more painful to swim. Although I've walked on a bunch of them and they don't bug me that much. <laughs> well, not everyone has real tough feet <laughs> like you do. And yeah, I, I think they definitely change the ecosystems. Um, but as far as exactly what they do, that's a, oh, that, it's a big that bluegill. bluegill that, that hit a little goldie. Really? Mm -hmm. I think they just hit at the jig head. That's not a goldie, that's a grass shiner. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Minnow biologist. I'm not a biologist by any means. Um, we're going to run out of minnows, at least ones to catch crappies on. Well, we'll switch to plastics. I've got like two crappie plastics, so. Okay. Puddle jumpers, man. I'll do a little pitch for puddle jumpers. My family, a distant cousin of mine, uh, they own the puddle jumper plastic company. Neat. Yeah. They're, they're the ones I use. They work, Isn't that down in, like, great. Tennessee or yeah, something? Yeah, it is down south somewhere. Those, those folks know how to catch crappies, though. Um, yeah, so one thing it does will do, too, um, since Woman Lake also has rusties, is uh, it'll increase the population of rusty crayfish because when zebra mussels eat, they have to poop. And then now it's putting life matter into deeper water than they would generally live in. Mm. So there's a direct correlation between zebes and rusty crayfish. And and where the rusties live. Yep, where they <gasps> can live. Yep. That so makes so much sense because like Cass has they have crayfish everywhere. everywhere. Like 50 feet of water, there's there's crayfish down mm -hmm. there, and Cass has zebes. Yep. So there's a direct correlation with that. So. Uh, we may see some increases of weed beds in some areas and uh, some decrease, decreased weed growth in others So because of that. Sure. But it should also, like with that being said, oh, a little bit of fish. What do you got? It's a big crappie. That's a big crappie. That's a big crappie. That's a nice one. Um, Eric Rupp made that jig. He did. He did He's he just did. a crafty dude. If you're going to Fisherman's Arts and Crafts class, it's probably going to be at Eric Rutt's house. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, yes, but but lots of critters eat crayfish a lot of times of year. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's going to be, oh, goodness, it's detrimental. And they are delicious. Crayfish (laughs) are super, super delicious. So get on that train while it's hot. I just think that largely we're not going to know or understand the impact of zebes on our lakes, maybe in our lifetime. Because I think it's something that'll, like the, the, the negative impacts, that I, I just think they take a long, long time to, uh, to really emerge, you know? Yep. Or, yeah. To, to put a full negative effect on it. Right. We might, uh, yeah, we're going to see the water clearing up and whatnot, but we're not going to see the, the walleye health. Well, you got that crappie just zipping. <laughs> This one ate already. He's like, all right, I know where I got to go, and then they'll let me go. <laughs> I know these guys are pretty go, cool. I'm going to go right to them. <laughs> they talk a lot, though. But, um, yeah, what's next? We're done with that. All right, let's take a break. Let's take a break. we got to regather ourselves here. This week's episode of Wally Talks brought to you by the Muskie House Marine in Longville, Minnesota. If you're looking to rent a pontoon boat or fishing boat up in this area, contact Muskie House Marine in Longville. They've got both pontoons and fishing boats ready for you to use uh, for your great vacation up here in the Longville area. Uh, get a hold of Tony uh, at the Muskie House in Longville. So Dan, you're more of a technical individual yourself i think that's all relative because like lee and matt would laugh at that (laughs) comment okay anyway uh more so than myself uh you you pay a lot more attention to to your graphs than i do yeah um but what is the difference between a air quotes good mark and an air quotes bad mark well like the obvious one would be size right but size is harder than you th- you think, and I, the it's like the same problem you have when there's like one deer in the field, you know? How big is it? Yeah, but if there's a couple deer in the field, then you got a pretty good idea, you know? Then you have a reference, right? And then it's also like you like my general nature is to be optimistic, to think like, oh yeah, these are all good walleyes. Yep. Like I know I'm guilty of that. In fact, uh, a lot of vermilion time was spent like. I kind of know in the back of my head these aren't good walleyes and we're still fishing over them. Why am I doing that? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, especially on your imaging, and I think it's true on most people's 2D too, 2D as well. Um, the size of the mark is one thing. And then how they're relating to the bottom um, and uh, maybe what's around them would be, would be good things to, to keep in mind, right? So if yep. you get one that's up off the bottom and this time of year I wouldn't expect to see them way up off the bottom necessarily but a little bit of separation is a good sign um, that's a good mark that's a good mark okay and then uh, having food around I think is like a little bit of food around is a good sign maybe but not, not the mega school of perch on woman yeah yep those would be my things and then uh, I also think obviously like you think Everybody knows numbers, right? Numbers would be good, seeing more than one mark, duh, right? Right. But I think it also has to do with, this isn't a, what is this? It's a bluegill, I think. Oh, yeah. Nice bluegill. 
Um, I think you're more apt to get, even if you're only going to get one to bite, you're more likely to get one to bite if it's one that's with a couple buddies. And I think a little competition, little competition helps. helps. Yep. I've heard rumor on the, rumor has it is there's some dudes who know by the look of the mark whether or not it's like a spinner fish or a bobber fish or a jig wrap fish. Um, Are you talking about a specific person? Jason mentioned that. He can? Well, no. He, I think he was saying that some of the folks he um, can find him with uh, know, know how to do that. I think that it may be what he's actually talking about, again, is like the context piece where uh, fish are scattered you know, across a couple hundred yards stretch of water. Maybe those are spinner fish, right? Right. F fish or are maybe suspended. maybe relation to the bottom. Yeah. Suspended like they do in June. Well, maybe these are bobber fish. Well, if it's in June, you just catch them anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, a lot of times. Not all the times, but a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and what would you say a bad mark would be? Hmm. So I guess for me, since you're busy, uh, for me, I think a fish that's... A fish that could potentially be... Um, mistaken for a rock would be a bad fish. Something that's sure. really, really tight to sure. bottom. Yeah. Or it kind of blends in with the bottom. Yep. Something that's uh, deeper than you think you should be. You know, if I find a fish out in, I don't know, 28 feet of water where the main structure ends, like the, it, where the soft bottom is, is right now. Yep. I think that would be a fish I wouldn't worry about. Sure. Um, I guess that's kind of the characteristics I would look for. Yeah. And Fish that, that are real deep in comparison to where. Yeah. And so like when you, when we prefaced this, it was what makes a good mark and it very, a small amount of it is what the mark looks like on your screen. And more of it has to do with like your background knowledge of the lake you're on, what your map looks like. You know, it's not a. An not, area the life matter around it. Right. Right. I would say that the mark is just one piece of the puzzle. Oh, look just at you and you, Mr. Puzzle Man. <laughs> I hate puzzles. Do you actually? Kinda. I, oh, I can well, do it for a little while. We should maybe talk a little bit about what we're doing right now, instead of just fishing while we're doing it. Sure. I mean, we haven't done that at all. I was just thinking about that. So far, we've been mashing on crappies. So far, we've been mashing on crappies in a very, like, classical way of that we mash on crappies. Yeah. Which is that we, uh, well, we don't usually, I don't usually spot lock, but we are doing that to make life a little easier. That way you don't have to drive the boat. Yeah. Thank you. And we're trying to keep the mics away from the wind. Hope that's working. It's, it's caused me to lose a few fish. <laughs> but that's okay, because they're just crappies. Um, and we are pitching 16th ounce jigs. The back of the boat is in 11 and a half feet of water. Um, Generally pitching towards, towards the, the shallower, shallower water. water. And uh, letting the, moving them painfully slow. Yeah, like I'd that's, agree. That's like the biggest coaching tip I give folks is you have to, you have to move it painfully slow. You'll be surprised at how, easy it is to keep 
like unbeknownst to you, your jig is like 18 inches down, even when you're doing it relatively. Oh, nice crappie. Another big crappie. Another big crappie. And we're not killing any of these. We're just throwing them all back. Yep. We're having a good time. Oh, we doubled up. What did you catch, Dan? Caught some of the... Some crappie of the, grass. Crappie grass. <laughs> um, and we're tipping them with minnows right now. Will's got this theory that it's a big minnow thing. It is a not crappie minnow bite. It is a bigger than a crappie minnow bite. They want more subs, more sus, sus, sustenance. Do you think this means, this would maybe be like pretty good fishy day today, but it's also quite a bit cooler than the last few days and yep. the wind's out of the north. But I bet we'll find some walleyes that'll be real cooperative. cooperative. I think we might find them a little bit shallower too. Yeah. Uh, water temperature's still pretty warm, 74. Right. Um, I'm a little, well, That's I guess that's down from probably like seven full degrees from where this one was a week ago. So that's pretty good movement in the right direction. Well, that's enough of this. Let's okay. uh, move on. All right. Um, so this week, well, maybe not this week, but sometime real soon, we're going to get to the start of chubbin' season. Mm -hmm. And it's really exciting for me look at all these pelicans dude look at what they're doing whoa whoa look like a bunch of mallards no joke <laughs> i've seen far more pelicans on the little lakes this year than i have in the past what have you, you noticed that trend uh like woman lake has a bunch of pelicans on but it, it didn't this spring though did you notice that um, like, what, like it was real pretty recently that you started. I seeing guess them? I guess I yeah I it I did not notice it until within the last month. Have you ever seen baby pelicans? Uh uh. Where are the baby pelicans? It's dude? like the baby muskie mystery. Where are the little muskies? <laughs> Eating baby pelicans maybe. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the pelican nesting ground. <laughs> they go right in nests. Um. What were we doing? Talking about, Talking about pelicans? Oh, yeah. yeah well, that's yeah. a good fit. Oh. oh. There's one. Nope, missed him. Um, creek chubs. So, what? Uh, beginner's guide to creek chubs. That's what we're gonna, how we're going to do this. Okay. What do I need? I'm, I'm a new to creek chubbing. I want to get into it. Okay. Tell me how to do if it. I was, if I was selling creek chubs, the first thing I'd do is I'd walk you over to the bait cooler section. <laughs> yeah, right? Because <laughs> if you're spending a buck a minute or whatever... A little more, a little, little, more more. little more than a buck a minnow. Um, even though they're pretty hardy, you're going to want to keep them alive. And especially because they, well, like if you're going to fish a few days and maybe a few different lakes or something, you might fish a, a single creek chub in a day. That happens to me a lot. I'll try one yep. and then don't go in there again. Right. So that's an expensive minnow if I let the other 14 die or whatever. Other 11, excuse me. Did I tell you... What happened to me the day before I bought creek chubs, or the day before I bought my first angle? No. So I was fishing, it was my second year, maybe my first year, second year of the Leech Lake Classic. I was like, I'm going to figure out Walker Bay. If I'm going to win this thing, I need a 12-pounder. Sure. Right? Young me, naive me, <laughs> went out and bought two dozen red tails. No, maybe three dozen red tails. I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep them in a five-gallon bucket. 
and I'm just going to put, I'll put fresh water on them. You know, I'll split them up into like two, three buckets. Sure. And I'll just keep fresh water on them. Well, lo and behold, I had like two minnows live after that, uh, <laughs> after that. That night. experience? Yep. Oh, I just got bit off. So I went and bought myself a 30 quart angle cooler and I haven't looked back. Yeah. I, I've got three of them now. You got three angles? Yeah. Just always trying to one-up me, man. Well, I'm not. I'm just trying to keep minnows alive. And I would say, uh, for the most part, like, what, 90-plus percent of the time, you are rigging them. You know, occasionally I'll fish them on a jig. And not even, and that's not the real big ones. I'll fish, like, the medium or smaller red tails on a jig sometimes. And I've uh, had, like, pretty moderate success doing that but. it's very um situational when when you want to do it anyway yeah yep i usually look for shallower water near what i'm fishing and if it's firm bottom like specifically woman lake like if i fish in a few different spots where it comes up to about eight foot yep getting later in the evening i'll put one on and generally it's one that i killed or something or sure. cut off somebody's rig right yeah a guy that i fished with uh a long time ago before i was guiding he would just use all his dead, uh, his dead red tails and dead creekies for, for uh, fishing the weeds for bass. I remember just like nasty dead ones too. They really? were maybe not smelly, but they were certainly curly, and that was his uh, way to catch four pounders. It worked pretty good. Well, Andrew would be just keeling over oh, right God, now he if he heard be. that. Yeah. Um. So live bait rigging. Uh, Step one, I, I typically, coolers. yeah, I typically do the same weight system that I do for everything else, the rock runners. North I know there the are some runners. guys who use the bell sinkers. Those they think, water gremlins? Yes. Like the dipsy sinker? Yeah, and I think the idea is that they, in their mind, they, when you're dropping line on a, on a fish that's eating a creek chub, they think that sinker is sitting upright and the line can feed through it real, real smoothly. Whereas our weight systems lay down in the rock or the sand or the mud or whatever, and there's the potential that there's some resistance or maybe even the line gets snagged or tangled in there and then uh, it doesn't feed through there cleanly, which I totally get the logic there. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. So maybe I should be doing it, but... Do you think it's classic overthinking? <laughs> maybe. And maybe that's like a tournament guy's perspective. I'm certainly not ever going to tie up for a guide trip. I don't think I'm ever going to tie up specific big minnow rods maybe i should though i don't know seem to get when they yeah and then i just do a pretty classic six foot leader with either a number two or number one hook i'm very specific with my leader length it is strictly an arm's length <laughs> yeah and that's it no i uh you don't use a, like, if you're fishing with a real big minnow, you don't go with, like, a number one finesse wide gap or a two-aught finesse wide gap? I do a number one. I rarely do the one-aughts anymore. And for the the normal size creekies, I just do a number two. You don't have problems with hooking percentage? I don't think so, nope. Okay. Um, and the reason I've gone smaller is a guy talked to me about the fatigue that those minnows feel after a while of fishing them. You don't think of a hook weighing very much, but to a, to a minnow that is like you're hanging weight off of their face that they have to work to keep up. So if you're gonna, you know, you, you wanna get your, 
as much life out of them as possible. Um, you. What do you have there, I got Daniel? A pike, I think. Pickerel. Uh, you don't want them getting tired, man. You want them happy. Happy minnows. Happy as a pike. Oh, you. No, no. No, you've done it. I think you'd have grabbed that normally if it didn't have eight pounds of weeds on it. <laughs> All right, that's the setup. You talk them through how to do it. Procedure. Step one, keep your minnows happy, and as soon as you get them hooked, put them in the water and try and get them deep. You want to get them deep so they have cooler water, and they'll be much happier when they're down on the bottom compared to up on the surface, especially if it's daytime and the sun's shining. Um, you want to pull them fairly slow. If you're using a large creek chub, you can go up to a half mile an hour. Don't suggest it, but... Uh, you can. I, I prefer like the 0 0.2, 0 0.3, and like the, the nice thing about being able to go backwards in a tiller boat is once I see a fish, I almost turn it off. Uh, so I'm just kind of creeping yeah, over it, and I'm holding that bait up inches, you know, inches off the bottom so that weight's not dragging, and that minnow is going to go just berserk, like pump, pump, <laughs> pump, pump, pump. And that's when it's time to start getting a little excited. And it's a lot of times it's very subtle, the difference between a, a, a minnow shake and a, and a fish bite. It's very hard to describe. To describe, it's uh, it's almost like it's almost like you could feel that fish getting or that minnow getting teeth sunk into it. Like it <laughs> it's like a, it's like it's halfway through a, a jiggle. And that minnow just kind of stops abruptly. <laughs> like you ever picture like, a, I don't know, like a kid run, like on a swing set running into a wall? You know, like on a swing set going back and forth. All of a sudden there's a wall there halfway through. That's how I guess I kind of think of it. But hmm. I like, I like that, that visual a lot. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> yeah, and that's all it is. So, and, and sometimes they'll just smash it and run the other way. And then you really know. And to me, I think it's fairly important to to hand feed line because if that minnow notice or that fish notices something's wrong because it's got extra resistance where it shouldn't well that's on you not on the not on the minnow you know right and that i think is just that aligns pretty well with the guys uh their different weight system right it's yep. the same idea well it's if it's not free flowing off your spool all that fish is going to do if it's swimming in the wrong direction, it's going to pick up that weight, and it's going to feel the sinker, not your. Oh, there's. Oh gosh. You got a, what do you what got? Might have caught your jig back. That'd be neat. Oh, it looks like the right size. That one doesn't have any weeds on it, though. Never mind. Oh no, it's too small. <laughs> too small. <clears throat> They're super slimy out here. <laughs> Wait, I'm having the same problem you did. I didn't even have any weeds on mine. So do you think uh, like the, pipe, the crappie action has definitely slowed? Certainly. There's a chance we caught all of them. A, a high likelihood. Yeah. Um, I'm not a betting man, but, you know, here's the farm. But also there's a bunch of pike all of a sudden. True, true. Not that a 12-inch crappie would worry about that one, but... But if there's... Maybe they just them. don't like being around them, you know? Yeah. 
maybe a little uncomfortable. Maybe they can outcompete these crappies too. I feel like little pike like that are, uh, they're like the fourth graders that know more adult language than they should, Ooh, you know? Yeah. And the crappies are the, they're the kind of the preppy kids and those, <laughs> those big boy words kind of make them uncomfortable. <laughs> my mom says I can't say that. My mom says I can't hang out with you anymore. <laughs> she says eventually you'll eat me. <laughs> Hits are gross for just a couple months early. <laughs> you play baseball like a girl. <laughs> yeah, they're the same the same kids that uh like in sixth grade are getting whiskers, the pike are, you oh, know. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was that ninth grader though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was terrible. Mm. But should we? I think maybe we we gotta maybe finish up on this. But should we take a break and move or something? Certainly. Okay. Walleye talk is brought to you in part by Woman Lake Lodge. I know it seems crazy, but fall is gonna be here before you know it. And lucky for you, that's when the walleyes bite really good on Woman Lake. Also lucky for you, Woman Lake Lodge has special fall rates. So if you're looking to be up north during the best time of the year, give them a call. I was just talking with Jeff, and he said fall cabins are booking up fast, so get on it. Go to womanlakelodge.com for more information. It's going to be another pickerel, I think. So Dan just got a nicer fish on here. What is it? Oh, maybe not. Maybe it is a four-pounder. Do we got another LMB? LMB. Nice one. There's uh, lots of little fishies in this a lot of chunk life. of water. We're not finding a lot of crappies, but we're finding a lot of life. Um, our but we are, to be fair. To be fair. We are 125 feet from where we were when we were catching all those crappies. We were trying to like see if they slid on us. But... Um, so we had some technical difficulties due to our, you know, uh, Dan being a dope computer engineer here, uh, computer scientist. He's applying for NASA. <laughs> Let me know how that turns out for you, Dan. <laughs> Might make a janitor. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pass background check for that. <laughs> well, we found these <laughs> these mediocre fishing podcasts you used to record, and that's actually going to exempt you from the job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sound quality wasn't quite there. <laughs> Fairly entertaining. Uh, we uh, wouldn't have known it was you, but your partner called you out. <laughs> uh, we did extensive research on this. <laughs> uh -huh. So where we left off was we were dropping line, having line go through your sinker, your weight system. There's one. That could be a wall idea. Oh, it doesn't feel like a walleye anymore. Ooh. Guy can hope. Guy can hope. He's got some weight to him. He's coming up. And it's a... Crappy. Rocky! Oh, it's a Rocky! 15 and a hoe. Not that Carl. Might... Not Carl and Phil's system where it's minus one. That's minus 15, boys. That might be a state record rock bass right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a doozy. Surprised you didn't pee on me. Um, so now you're now you're talking. You gotta do hook set, hook set uh, technique. Okay, so we've let line out for the desired time. So 
Uh, I let it out anywhere from five to two minutes, depending on how big the minnow is. Let's say we've done it for 25 seconds because we've got a four inch creaker. Um, so I've let the lion out. I, now I'm gonna worry about retrieval. Uh, so I'm, first thing I do, I hand close my bale, hand close, <laughs> proper technique. Now I'm gonna make sure that my line is tight coming onto my spool because I'm reeling in slack line. Right. And I'm going to, dip, I will wind very fast unless I don't know where my sinker is. So in a situation like that, if um, maybe you've drifted off the spot, maybe you let your trolling motor go rogue, um, it's gonna, you're just gonna take some time to, to figure out where your sinker is. And you want to line up where your rod is going, you want your rod to load up as you're winding. So you need to position yourself to where, so let's say, let's just say for this instance, the boat is heading backwards and the boat has kept going backwards. Now I wanna make sure my rod is off the side of the boat about as straight as I can as I'm cranking because I want that rod to load up. Right. You explained it better when you screwed up. Why don't you explain it? Well, I was just saying that, like, you want to position, you know, if you're the angler you got a bite, you want to, like, position yourself to have a comfortable hook set. So, like, position your body. So, for me, I would prefer to set, I'm left-handed, I'm holding my rod in my left hand. I would prefer to set the hook, like, across my body where the rod tip is coming up towards my right shoulder. So, I would position where I think the fish is, or where my sinker is, at least, so that when I got to tension, I could draw a line across my body for like a comfortable hook set, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, that, that's I think what, just like getting in a comfortable position for, for when you have tension on the fish so that you can set the hook solidly. Right, I like that. Yeah, I, I did used to, uh, like when I, when I feel like I got kind of good at rigging big minnows, um, I was fishing a tournament with Lee, and when one of us would get bit, we would drop line, and while we were dropping line, the other guy would, would position the boat to stay like on top of where the fish was, or, or at least on top of where the sinker was, you know? So we never drifted off. We were like setting the hook straight up and down. I don't you think, think that made a difference? I felt comfortable with it at the time. I don't really like the idea of not having a bit of an angle when I, I don't want a straight up hook set. Yeah, yeah. That was also super deep water, or not super deep, but like 35, 40 oh, feet of water. Well, you that's know? different as well then. Yeah. And you could get a big bow in your line if you were away from them. And yep. Yeah. Um, so, a little so, different maybe. So, once I've got my angle kind of down, I don't wind very slow at all. It's, it's all speed once I start retrieving. Um, and the point of it is to do about three quarters of my hook set while I'm winding, right? So yep. I want my rod to be loaded up almost to where I think that fish is going to be at maximum weight. Ooh, just like that. Oh, lost him. <laughs> and then uh, I want to then lean into them. I want to, yeah, I don't want to set, I don't want to, you know, set it like I'm setting a jig. I want to keep cranking fast and as my rod's loading up once about 75% I want to keep winding and then lean into it the extra two foot right and that's like more intuitive than you would think like if you're going to try this winding technique like don't overthink that 
do the winding part where you're loading your rod tip up with, or loading your rod up with the reel, and you'll know when it's time to swing, you know, because you can, I think you're getting some of the weight of the fish on your wrist at that time, you know, yep. and that's, it's a pretty, it would be real hard not to put a little bit into them at that point. Right. And the whole idea is that you don't have to get your timing right with this method, you know? For sure. Like getting to the perfect amount of tension. If you're slowly reeling into the perfect amount of tension, uh, there's a lot more room for air. Whereas if you do 75% of it with your reel, you're going to have good tension on the fish when you drive the hook home. And, and you're not going to pull, like lightly pull the, the bait out of the fish's mouth <laughs> or let the fish know that they're that you're there until the hook is stabbing them, you know? For sure. And you have a much, if you're going to test this out, you're better off, in my opinion, to just straight crank without a hook set than to try and, like, dial it in too much. Yeah, yep. And, uh... Like, if you try this and you miss a fish, I'm almost certain you would have missed the fish with your old method, too. Like, it's not foolproof. Some, like, with, we do a similar thing with a nightcrawler. You're, you're still going to miss fish with a nightcrawler sometimes, too. Um, and you have to accept that some of it is of no fault of your own. The, right. the fish do some, they have a say in the matter. <laughs> There's some randomness to this whole deal. Yeah, you're we, trying to position a full hot dog in your mouth. <laughs> All right, that's what they're doing. They're like, mm. and there's a hook on one side of it. Right, like yeah, I want to eat this Johnsonville broad. Give me thirty seconds. All right, call me Kobayashi. All right, num, 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 num. and then you're telling me that it's gonna work hundred percent of the time. Right. Look at that eagle is gonna come down and catch a fish, Coming like in. real close oh. to our boat. Nice, got him. Nice, nice. That was pretty neat. It was neat. That was real close. I to like the it when they drop the landing gear like that, you know? Like, oh, I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's big minnow 101 and net every fish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a lot of times they'll have minnows really deep too. So you've got to play the drag quite a bit as well because, well, walleyes have teeth. Yeah. And I know it's a highly disputed uh, <laughs> argument. But they will cut you off, especially rigging minnows. Mmm. Mmm. God. No, I, I liked it at first, but you're going to get bit by far more pike rigging minnows. So, like, you might think, like, oh, I get bit off. I get bit off more often when I'm rigging big minnows. It's probably because of the, the walleye has it choked. No, you get bit by pike more often. Yeah, I see what sure, you're Sure, you're, you're right. You're right. Your likelihood of getting bit off by a pike is far greater than getting bit off by a walleye. But let's say, no, no, <laughs> it happens. It certainly happens a percentage of the time. All right. I think the only thing we could do is like keep a walleye and then just experiment dragging, um, dragging fluorocarbon across their teeth and seeing how often they, they cut. That's an idea. That is an idea. Well, like, it'll be like we're flossing their teeth for them. <laughs> Just to see how abrasive, how abrasion resistant mm. you think, really You is. think it's big fish primarily. So we'll have to actually floss a, a live plus, walleye's teeth. A plus, 20 pluser. Real quickly, we'll, we'll, 
We'll do it in cool water. We'll pull them in and we'll just floss them with six pound fluoro real quick and see if they cut. I, I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Hopefully Maybe we'll get, we'll, we'll get a video action. of that. All right. Well, just this. What is this? Probably another gator. He crushed it. Another, another four, four pounder. pounder. Oh, oh he broke, broke you it off. It bit me <laughs> off. That four pounder bit me <laughs> off, man. Dude, that totally proves my point. User error. That time it was. <laughs> that time it certainly was. I caught like three pike and didn't check my knot. Uh, sure. And it was, it's been a bad day. I told a joke that didn't land right. Um, and you know what, Dan? I don't need this right now, okay? <laughs> I was fishing with uh, Susie Richardson, who is from Des Moines, Iowa. She, big, big fan. Likes the show a lot. Nice. And uh, she absolutely loves the Dubai, the Flintstone, the Dubai Abu Dhabi joke. Because it's pure gold. Told it to her 11-year-old son, and the kid just about threw up. He was so disgusted with the <laughs> joke. <laughs> well, I just appreciate the Susie Richardsons of the world. Yeah. She's a teacher, though. The teachers have the same sense of humor that you and I do. Or she's a school nurse, I should say. Works with kids. Nice. Um... Week? What are we, we're gonna do? No, a week? Saw Guy series. Saw Guy series, man. I gotta take a break. I'm sorry, I didn't don't think through it. Don't apologize to me. I'm gonna apologize, apologize to the. Don't tell listeners. me not to apologize to you. Born ready. I hit the right button this time. Did you? Yeah. Uh, so we have the Saw Guy series next. My week, I chose our good buddy George Wells. <laughs> <laughs> so George and I were fishing on Leech Lake last fall and um, shallow rock bite, right? We're chasing fish around in the shallow rocks. Real Having fishy, a real good time. A real good time, real fishy day, wind's blowing, and uh, we're fishing battle. And we'd fish like the outside of battle first, and then tucked in real tight to the rocks to see if they were in super tight. And we're like 25 feet from the tips of the, like the, the, the rock point above the water line. Yeah. And I real shallow, real shallow, and George is pretty vertical, and I watch him. Oh, I watch him. Uh, I watch his rod bump once, and then like the guide in me, like is you, you get sort of conditioned to tell people they have a bite, and I held off, thank goodness, didn't tell George he had a bite, and then I watched it thump again. We're in like five feet of water, right? George stands up, he puts. <laughs> both hands on his fishing rod and, and sets the hook as hard as uh, Hulk can set the hook. <laughs> Just rips <laughs> fish. And it had to have been, the fish was seven feet away from him, I think, when he did that. And I think, I don't know for sure, but George is right-handed and he reels with his right, right hand. So I think he does a fair amount of hand switches for a hook set. I don't know. Never seen the double-fisted double, double fisted hook well, set Well, it must before. have been a good bump. Uh, and it, he ends up catching a probably a 40-inch muskie. <laughs> and when he's fighting the 40-inch muskie, so when I saw the fish, I was like, hmm, maybe appropriate hook set for, <laughs> for what happened. And uh, when I, 
So we net it, and George is complaining the whole time that a stupid muskie bit his line, you know. <laughs> I hate these things. We're out here walleye fishing. I, uh, I don't want to catch this. I hate this thing. <laughs> and uh, it took, like, so he's complaining. It, about 15 minutes after we caught it, he finally said, that was pretty fun, huh? or something like that. So. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. Captain Carl was out there. You mean the muskie fishing Captain Carl? Right. Well, used to muskie fish. And Captain Carl was like on the spot in a real hurry. As we, so we like only caught that muskie, and there are no walleyes, so we didn't spend any more time in there. All of a sudden, Captain Carl has it in his head that he's going to drift it real tight to the rocks. Uh, but he thought we caught a walleye. He thought we caught a big walleye. How there. big do you think he was? Well, he asked me, and I said it was a forty-inch fish. And then he went in there. Unbelievable. Yep. Unbelievable. No half measures with George Wells. Like, if you're going to do something... It's gonna... not 40 and a half. <laughs> That's not what you meant. No, I meant the hook set. Oh. So we were fishing that MWC, and he hooked a muskie. And, you know, it was tournament time, and he just started reefing on this rod. He's like, I want to break this off. I don't want to catch this thing. And I got, like, 10 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Like, it is what it is at mm-hmm. this point, you know. A stupid muskie. It was funny. So slightly, I don't even know. They're not all embarrassing. It's just like catching unique fishing moments. Um, That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I like that one. Story brings a smile to my face about George my George Wells, call George. us sometime. We're, we're, we worry about you. We miss you. Only see him on the lake. Um, all right, weekend preview. Yep. You like maybe uh, in the Grand, you, you, you're uh, spending some time in the Grand Rapids area, po- yep. possibly? Yep, I got my net ready, uh, <laughs> but not for any walleyes. Uh, I got the old Ranger all ready to go. Uh, hopefully catching a baby. We got musky nets, we got walleye nets, we got butterfly nets, we got baby nets. <laughs> I wonder what a baby net would be. Maybe it would be real, real soft. Lots of padding. Lots of padding. And you'd probably want a bat. You'd want a <laughs> You'd want a big one, probably. Yeah, with some extra room. Yeah, you don't want anything to, you don't want to touch the edges. I don't know. And then you're just, it's sort of hard. I went, dealt with the same thing. You're, you, got, you want to just sort of live your life a little bit, right? Yeah. So you might be fishing, you might be having a baby. Yeah, we'll see what the, we'll see what the week entails if you were fishing what would you be doing um i would start to check out some of our clam beds i would i would be certainly looking at our clam beds uh if i'm if i'm truly fishing walleyes um it's a little bit early but it's gonna be good enough you know um i'm gonna be doing the crappie thing i'm gonna be doing the panfish thing jig wraps are certainly gonna be in the in the game yeah that's what i would be doing yeah I've wondered a little bit, so I've been doing, I've been catching a, a moderate amount of fish on a spinner. Yep. On spinners. Consistently? And yeah. Consistently catching a couple fish on spinners. That's a good way to put it. And I wonder if they're going to fade or if they'll continue to be like, going back to the nickel and dime approach, like into August, will you still get a fish or two on a spinner on these little lakes? Um not like a Leech Lake program where it is a spinner type of day or a spinner yep. type of spot. But on our little lakes, I'm curious to see if they'll still be playing a role or if I'll be able to not have to look at a bottom bouncer for a while. Does that bother you? Oh, they're just tangly, man. Mm-hmm. Tangly, twisty. 
Drives me a little crazy. <laughs> That's all. I like them when they catch them. Right. Um, Watching that rod load up is not terrible. No. Nope. And, yeah. That's satisfying enough to keep me interested, keep me coming back. I would agree that the... I'm pretty hopeful that our dog day's window is coming to an end. The, the water's cooling off nicely. We've got pretty normal temperatures. Um, and I just think that we might get the maybe a, an early August bite instead of a mid-August bite on That'd be nice. a lot of our smaller ones. And Canada doesn't even need to be burning. Yep. Let's hope it, let's hope it doesn't for, for their sake. They're having a rough go of it, man. They can't get... They can't get silly American fishermen up there to catch right. their walleyes. Well, they got to come to Longville and work their tail off for a couple bites. <laughs> right. Or they do the panfish thing. Right. So far, that's been it's been pretty good for us. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's going to be this edition of this part of Walleye Talk. We're going to keep fishing and do some more episodes. Yeah. What do you think we're going to do next? Let's go fish walleyes. Okay. <laughs>